Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the V-Auto podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto. I've called this a special episode for two reasons. The first is that V-Auto founder Dale Pollack was part of Cox Automotive's Dialogue series in the month of October. And in that series, Cox Automotive clients and dealers asked specific questions for Dale to answer. The bulk of those questions, not surprisingly, related to dealers wanting to know what the used vehicle market would look like as 2020 comes to a close and 2021 gets underway. So, to offer a broader recap of the responses Dale shared with individual dealers, we wanted to use this podcast to offer the opportunity for Dale to share his perspective. And that brings me to the second reason this episode is special. My guest today is Dale Pollack. Dale, welcome once again to the podcast. Thank you, Lance. Good to be with you. Well, let's start the conversation, Dale, by just looking at the retail and wholesale trends for used vehicles. I'm curious what sales results and things you might be hearing from dealers and industry analysts. Well, it's important to start out by making note of the fact that today is Tuesday, November 10th. Yes. Exactly one week after our U.S. election, and with a string of consecutive record high days of COVID infection. So with that backdrop, I think it's anyone's guess as to what the future holds, although we'll try and make some meaning of it here, but it's difficult at best. But generally speaking, what we've experienced over the past 60 days is a slightly uh, slowing rate of retail sales Mm -hmm. uh, coming off of what was an extraordinarily high point uh, in late July. It has steadily declined with a little bit of ups and downs. Typically around the end of the month, we see a spike as you would expect. But if you normalize the, uh, the sales graph, what you observe is that it's slowly declining. Certainly no uh, burst of a bubble, Mm -hmm. but a little bit of a deflation of a bubble from a, very high point. In the wholesale market, uh, we're seeing uh, a similar trend from its high point in late July or so. Um, uh, prices are coming down, not rapidly, but, uh, but slowly off of a very high point. So we're seeing that general trend, but that is about as much certainty as we can identify that being what has happened in the past versus what is likely to happen in the future. So in the moment, things relatively strong, all things considered. Is that fair? I think that is fair. Okay. Now, now one of the things that I've heard from dealers of late when it comes to used vehicles is they can't get enough inventory. And and yet at the same time, I've been watching some of the data that uh, V-Auto publishes on its website about the retail inventories of dealers across the country. And it seems like in the last week or so, we've crossed a 50-day supply threshold, which I think for most of the year, dealers haven't uh, been at at all. So I, it feels like there might be a disconnect. Dealers are saying they want more inventory, but yet they have more inventory than they've had. And I'm, what, what's your take on what's going on there, Dale? It is curious because we haven't seen dealer day supply of used vehicle inventory at 50 days where it currently sits until we go back to 
the time coming out of the shutdown um, in March. Hmm. So inventories since that time have been uh, much lower. Now they're back up to that 50-day mark. We see at the same time sales slowing. We're now third of the way through November, which generally speaking, dealers at this time of the year are not looking to raise inventory by cars. Mm. They're more generally focused on reducing inventory. So it is curious to me that dealers are uh, finding it frustrating uh, not being able to acquire cars from the data. It really doesn't look like they should be buying cars. Um, but also, I do understand to a certain extent the frustration if, for whatever reason, you are out buying cars because the supply of used vehicles in the wholesale market is extremely low. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that it is frustrating if, for whatever reason, I can't understand you are out looking to buy inventory. It's, it's, it is curious at best. Well, that's an, you bring up a point there, Dale, that you know if dealers are frustrated by not being able to find uh, inventory at auctions, you know, where wholesale supplies are, are less. Um, what might be some other sourcing channels that perhaps they should be exploring given the difficulty and frustration they find uh, with auction inventory? Well, certainly, I think it's well understood now that the very best place to find inventory is at your front door on trade-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's closely followed by attempting to purchase vehicles directly from the public. Um, there's also a tremendous opportunity in the dealer service aisle on a daily basis. But these are new strategies, well, with the exception of, of trade-ins, of course. These are new strategies and ones that dealers have really only come to terms with over the past several months. And there's a learning curve to be associated with them. But I would encourage any dealer to uh, stay true to the mission of perfecting uh, new ways to purchase vehicles other than the traditional ones. That that brings me to a point that I recall from the dialogue series deal about um, a couple of dealers specifically asked for appraisal best practices with, I think, an eye that, to, you know, to say that if a car is here, let's do our best to make sure we can we can bring it in. And I guess I'm from your conversations with dealers, um, what sorts of tweaks or rethinking maybe is is going on around the appraisal process? I'm currently in the process as you know, Lance, of writing the sixth book, which at least for the moment, the working title is Half-Truths, the whole story of wholesaling vehicles. And one of the most important tenets of successful wholesaling is proper appraising. And appraising vehicles is an art and a science and one that I think in dealerships is often not given enough attention for a number of different reasons. But essentially, it is a very important practice that occurs multiple times every day in the dealership. And I think that understanding best practices of uh, inspecting vehicles, best practices for presenting values uh, to the owners of the vehicles, and then obviously once you take them in, being able to make the best decisions of disposition. 
And on that point of disposition, I have been one in the past who has really taken an approach to say uh, retail as much as you can, retail everything, taking essentially a retail first strategy. And while I still believe in a retail first strategy, what I really have come to understand over the course of these COVID summer months is that that should not be confused with a retail only strategy. Mm. I'm very intrigued with technologies that exist today that allow you to see what I now call the best end user value in the wholesale market of a vehicle. Best end user value, not necessarily equating to MMR or Black Book or Kelly or NADA, but rather a wholesale value that can be predicted with some degree of accuracy today as to what a highest bidder in a properly run auction market would pay. And I think that um, the point of the book that I'm writing, among others, is to present the notion to dealers that they should take what I call a double barrel approach to the automobile business. And that is essentially looking at every vehicle, uh, not only for its potential retail disposition, but also for its wholesale disposition. And once confronted with the best information uh, on both, and make a decision that fits the needs and the goals of the dealership. Interesting. Well, we'll look forward to to that book coming out, Dale. One last point on appraisals. Um, you know, aside from say how you view the vehicle, um, what are you hearing or what are you recommending? I guess as it relates to how dealers manage the behavior of their appraisers. You know, to make sure that they're doing the best they can for, for the house and, and, and also the customer? I think the answer is uh, just a general management principle for anything, and that is that we have to do two things. We have to have a proper form of measurement uh, at an individual basis, and then secondly, uh, people need to be held accountable to goals and expectations. So in the case of appraising, one of the things that is very important to measure is what we refer to as look to book, the rate at which uh, we actually obtain the trades, and also uh, the amount of money that we extend to obtain the vehicle, which we often use the metric of cost to market. So when we get a grasp at an individual appraisal level of their performance over time, perhaps over a 30, 60, 90 day period of their average acquisition cost to market, compared to their look to book, uh, for the very first time, perhaps, a store can really discern those individuals that uh, have the propensity to do it well versus those that need more coaching and training. So when it really comes down to it, it's measurement and accountability. Now, Dale, you just made a point about cost to market. And I'm, I'm curious, what are you seeing in terms of, say, average acquisition cost to market from trade-ins versus, versus purchased vehicles? And I'm asking because I sort of think that perhaps there's a bigger gap there than maybe we've seen in some time. For sure. Generally speaking, the average acquisition cost to market for trade-ins that we're seeing are in the high 80s. Mm -hmm. And average acquisition cost to market for vehicles that come from the auctions are generally in the mid-90s. So that is quite a spread. Um, and that also points to the need, as we spoke, about finding alternative 
new sources of acquisition, whether it be service aisles or purchases directly from the public. Now, and I have a, a quick follow-up question there, Dale. So for auction purchases, if they're coming in at, say, 95% cost to market, that suggests that there's not a whole lot of room between what a dealer paid and retail pricing. Um, is that true, uh, or are we seeing dealers be able to maybe buck what, what might be considered a normal uh, price-to-market position for a car, just given the way retail demand has been in recent months? Well, it's certainly true that when you acquire a vehicle and own it for 94, 95, 96% of market, it's at or very near likely what it's going to transact for. So when that's the case, you have to think about that vehicle as being uh, perhaps like a piece of fruit that is well-ripe, well-ripe past its, its prime point. And what would you do with such a piece of fruit? Well, you would use it as quickly as possible because its shelf life is going to be very short. So such vehicles really need to be recognized as ones that are distressed, essentially like an age vehicle, which is counterintuitive that a vehicle on day one of inventory life can bear the unfortunate characteristics of a vehicle that you might otherwise recognize as a distressed vehicle at 60 or 90 days. Hmm. Good point. Now, er earlier in the conversation, Dale, we talked a little bit about how there's just an awful lot of uncertainty. But another question I think that's been on the minds of everyone is, will we see... Uh, another round of federal stimulus, um, and I, I, you know, I know you read the papers, I read the papers, and it seems like there's a lack of clarity there too. But what I guess I'm curious if a stimulus may come, what's your sense of when that might come, and what the impact might be for dealers in terms of retail and uh, retail new and used vehicle sales. So two questions there, when it might come and what would the impact be? Yeah. Well, on the first question, that's when it might come is anybody's guess. We're sitting here today on November 10th with a with an incumbent president who seems to be resisting a peaceful transition to power. We're sitting here with two with a Senate that is yet to be decided whether it's Democratic or Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're sitting here today with... Um, um, infection rates that are unprecedented, and nobody, I think, can really say what's going to happen at any level with the government. It's it's just impossible to predict. But having said that, I think one thing that is likely is that at some point, just don't know when, uh, we will see stimulus. The size of it is questionable, I guess, depended upon um the makeup and composition of the Congress. But what is certain is that American consumers will spend money when it arrives in their mailbox from the government. We've seen this pattern and it never fails to uh, repeat itself the very day. And I don't mean the next day. I mean the very day that tax refunds arrive in people's mailbox uh, sales spike. Mm-hmm. We saw the same phenomenon in the spring when government stimulus money and federal unemployment bonus money arrived. Not the next day, but the very day it was instituted, uh, sales spiked regardless of people's 
economic or employment circumstances. Um, so there will be stimulus at some point, and I think that what that does portend for the future is a healthy surge of new and to a certain extent new vehicle sales. And one of the implications of that, and I don't think that we would see that surge until Q1 of 2021, but one of the really interesting implications of such a surge is that the wholesale market, unlike the surge that arrived in April of this year, uh, the wholesale market was overstocked. Going into 2021, the wholesale market is going to be considerably understocked. So if we see a surge in sales, spike in demand, and short supply, what that means for wholesale prices in the early part of next year could be very, very high increases. Hmm. So good to have the deals, but maybe the margins on some of those cars may not be all that good from a dealer perspective. It's going to be tough, but sales are sales and there's always up an eye opportunity and internal fixed growth. So all in all, I would take it. Well, I guess in light of that uh, outlook, Dale, as we have a couple more weeks left in November and all of December ahead of us, and you know everyone likes to end the year on a high note, I'm curious what you might offer in this moment as a couple of operational recommendations for dealers, specifically in used vehicles, to ensure that they close out 2020 and start 2021 in the best possible shape. I am always one that says that it's impossible to predict the future with certainty or consistency. Uh, Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. The benefit of getting it right is wonderful, and the cost of getting it wrong is painful. So my advice to dealers, in any period, but particularly in a time of uncertainty, is to match their current inventory, used vehicle unit count, with their rolling 30-day sales. And I believe that if a dealer keeps their inventory in line with their rolling 30-day used retail sales total, um, they will never find themselves in a bad position. It's possible that they might miss a little bit of opportunity, but I think the best advice for a dealer under any circumstances, as I said, but particularly times of uncertainty, is to keep this thing running right down the center of the road. Well, and I guess that makes me think of that 50 days supply we talked about a little bit earlier. So by that measurement, the 30-day measurement that you just offered, Dale, is it fair to say that dealers, in some cases, may have too many cars right now? I think that that's what the uh, data is beginning to show us. And I can assure any dealer that the profitability, the net profitability of their used car dependent or their used car department, I should say, is 100% correlated, 100% correlated to the gap between their current used vehicle inventory count and their rolling 30-day sales. The smaller that gap is, the more net profit the department will generate. The larger that gap is, the less it will generate and quite possibly generate losses. Well, that seems like a good takeaway for all of our listeners is to go back to your dealerships and assess where where you stand in terms of your inventory stock and your rolling 30-day average total of retail sales. Dale, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. Good to be with you, Lance. 
And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining this episode of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.